For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome back to the Believe in Badger football podcast on the Believe Podcast Network presented by betonline.ag. Once again, I'm your host, Matt Perkins, joined as always by Badger legend, the Hebrew hammer himself, Matt Bernstein. How are we doing today, Bernie? I am. I'm, oh, I think I'm always good when when we have when we do a podcast. I'm, I'm super excited. I mean, I feel like it just brings joy to my life and I hope one's life who's listening. And we have a special dude today who's possibly one of my favorite Badgers to oh, watch. Sure. I always say, Chris, I always say I'm not a defensive guy, but some of you like Leo are changing my, my mind. Um, <laughs> yeah. I like it. I like it. Yeah. I mean, a guy like Braylon Allen keeps me very excited <laughs> about the offense, but um, it's a pleasure to have Chris or, you know, part, part of this podcast. Um, I know you from your days playing when I was living in Madison I mean, not only are you great on the field, but you're a great dude off the field. And I think that's really special. And I, I think that's what they see in now you and your position with the team is that you are just a positive guy, but you were also supposedly the beginning of death row. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we'll get all into that because I mean, I'm excited when I asked um when I asked Leo, I was like, Leo, what did you start it? He said, no, Chris started it or Herbig said that. Yeah, Herbie said so, that. Yeah. I think that's exciting um, that that's what you started. I mean, you know, linebacker, you and running back, you have, mm-hmm. you, I, I, Penn State cannot really just have sole claim anymore. Nah. Uh-uh. I mean, they Not really can't. Football might be over for this season, but basketball is full steam ahead for both pro and college hoops. From all the latest odds, totals, players' performance props to where the next fired coach is going to land, Bet Online is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. So head on over to the website or use your mobile devices to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BELIEVE, that's B L E A V, to get started. And it's not just basketball. Bet Online is your number one source for hockey, boxing, and UFC odds. Plus, our Olympics coverage is the best in the business. From sports right down to your favorite Vegas casino games, Bet Online is your number one online wagering destination. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports and play your favorite games. Bet Online, where the game starts. So, how for, let's just talk about that. How exciting is that? That that's what's been happening. You know, I know Sitchi's helping is working with mm-hmm. the team. You guys crushed it. Like, how cool is yeah. that? That it, that the, Wisconsin now can be called linebacker you oh man it's a it's an amazing feeling like those are things that you think about when you first come to a place and you want to leave your mark on it or you want to leave it better than you found it 
or whatever. Not saying that, you know, we weren't in good hands, but I just think now that people are just actually just waking up and actually taking heed to the type of backers that we've had come through here. Like, man, you can even go back. Like, we had guys like Jonathan Casillas, you know, Chris Borland, uh, DeAndre Levy. Like, we had guys who went on and, you know, were great backers in college and even at the pro level as well. So, you know, I think just for a long time, people just didn't want to give us our credit or whatever it is. But, yeah, man, everybody that uh, started, I want to say, from 2015, from my freshman year, Till when I left, like everybody's played in the NFL. So that's that's what's really crazy. And that's what really brings some joy to you for sure. Yeah, it's I, crazy. Oh, it, I, it, I just it, love that you brought up two guys that I played with, which is like the youngest <laughs> or the oldest you know, which is fine because that's awesome. I feel I feel kind of good. Um, I, I know Bernie's got to bring up Alex Lewis every time we talk about linebackers, too. I mean, I hated to play against him, but he was phenomenal and he played a, a couple years. But you also had Nick Rison. We had Roger Knight. I mean, you, had, you really did have really good guys and linebackers who were special, even guys right. who didn't play in the NFL, like Mark Zalewski. Um, who else do I love? Jeff Mack. Chris, mm, if you're Mack, in Madison, you yeah. got to get Jay Mack. Oh, man. I've met him. I need to, I need to reconnect with him, actually. But <laughs> I mean, we've, we've talked before, yeah. Dante Sanders. I mean, we got guys. Guys are phenomenal. But not. Mm-hmm. But you're right. The The – Things have changed where now ev- almost everyone's either playing or has played yep. in the league. That's nuts. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's a it's a crazy statistic when you like look back on it. Um, the crazy part is I have a picture from the 2000 and I don't, I don't even know what to say, but like the spring ball before the 2016 season. And man, everybody in the picture played in the NFL at some point. And it was like, man, like, this is, this is really fun to see. You know, this is, this is what really excites you. You know, you get proud of those guys and you start thinking back and you're like, man, like now we'll get some guys rolling through here. And hopefully, you know, the guys that are coming through now don't have to go through like some of the things that maybe guys in the past have, you know, they always knock us saying like, oh, our, like our inside backers don't move that much. And it's like, man, that's just, this is a scheme that we're in, but these guys are still athletic. These guys can definitely play in the NFL. And you're seeing that by, these backers that came through here being productive at that level. So you can't really, it's, it makes you eat your words, to be honest. Like TJ, TJ starting now, like, man, Ryan was starting, had a great years out in uh, New York and unfortunately got injured. You know, Jack Sitchie went on to win a Super Bowl. TJ Watt just got the defensive player of the year, which is a little, a couple years late, but <laughs> we won't get into that. And it feels like but Joe I mean, Schobert like, leads the league in tackles every yeah, year. Schobert, Schobert goes crazy every year. Can't forget about Joe. Um, Andrew Van Ginkle's going from playing phenomenal, phenomenal down there in Miami. You know, Vince has been hanging around and Leon, you know, working back from injury. So like, man, these are guys that I all that I played with alongside of. And you know, they're being productive. And you know, you can't really have that knock on Wisconsin backers anymore because it's like, well, they're doing it at the next level too. Dude, Leon was one of the most freaky athletic specimens I remember oh, yeah. watching in the past decade. Yeah. Like, it yeah. took him a minute to find, like, the right positional fit for uh-huh. him. Because, I mean, he bounced around. He was playing inside backer. He was playing fullback. Fullback. But, yeah. like, yeah. he found a home at outside linebacker. And, man, did he just absolutely wreck dudes. Man, it's crazy. I remember uh, first meeting Leon. <laughs> this is funny. And this is when he was an inside backer. And I'm like... Man, like, if they want me to look like this, like, I'll never play. (laughs) (laughs) He was possibly one of the most muscular guys I've ever seen. For sure. He is the most muscular guy that I've ever seen. Him and, and like, Leo, like, 
man, but I think Leon might still edge him out. I think he might have been a little leaner than Leo, but man, he specimen for sure. Just so you're right. If you ever go to the beach, you're like, dude, just don't take your shirt off, please. Like, none yeah, of don't us take have your shirt off around me. Do <laughs> or, not take your yeah, shirt off yeah. around me. Because <laughs> Leon was one of my favorite people to see out at night. He was a very right. uh, social butterfly, mm-hmm. yeah, and and just a nice dude and just fun to hang out with. So, Chris, let's talk about you. I mean, one, <laughs> your your legacy is super special, as we can tell. Mm. What's going on now? You're part of the team, which is so cool, and you will continue that legacy for what seems like hopefully forever. Mm-hmm. How does somebody from Texas, I'd have friends who came from Texas, but what's it like, you know, like, okay, let's talk about little Chris. Like mm-hmm. when did you start playing football? Was that your favorite sport? Like when did right. it become important? And you're like, wow, I could possibly take this and go to a, a university because of it. Right. Oh man. I, I've been playing football forever, like four years old. You know, you start out with flag before you get into pads and stuff, but yeah, I've been playing football forever since I can remember football has been involved, you know, in my life. And um, I always, so I always have a, I'm, I'm very blessed just because my, my dad played in the NFL and he played for nine years. You know, all of his teammates were my uncles growing up, you know, a few of them are my brothers, like godfathers. So I always had the perception that this is real. Like this is a real thing. This is achievable. It's not like a far-fetched dream. I hate when people try to you know, when they're talking to kids and I remember me growing up as well, like you have your career days or whatever and you tell them you want to play in the NFL and people are like, well, there's only like 2% of people that make it and yada, yada, like this career field isn't long. And I'm like, yeah, like I get that, but like, I know people who have made it. Like, so this is not impossible. This is not something that, you know, can't happen because there's people playing in the NFL. So this is definitely real. This can really happen. Uh, Honestly, when I was younger, I was looking past college football. Like when I was, before I got to like middle school, it was all about the NFL. And then once I got to middle school is when I started uh, watching college football more and more. Um, I mean, I was, I was a football junkie, you know, always and forever watching everybody's 30 for thirties. I love hearing guys stories and learning about all the underdogs. Uh, but probably when I started taking football serious was when uh, me and my brothers caught some of my dad's old VH. VH1 tapes of him playing because <laughs> growing up, you know, people would think that like my dad would take us out and like train us up to be, you know, football players. But actually like I never played catch with my dad. Like we never played catch together. Uh, the most we would talk about, you know, football would be like rides home from games. You know, you'd talk about certain plays or whatever, but outside of that, like he was not grooming us to play football. And if you ask him, he didn't want us to. You know, he, he says that he didn't want us to play football, uh, not necessarily the physical aspect of it, but um, the emotions that you go through, like so many heartbreaks. People don't realize how many heartbreaks you actually go through with football. So many people telling you like you're not good enough or whatever the case is. That's what he didn't want us to actually go through. And no, he couldn't he couldn't stop it. We all went through it. <laughs> well, okay, that, that's really interesting yeah. because, I mean, you and what you and your brothers all played college football. Your brother Zach was in the NFL for a long time yep. and he's now coaching with the Ravens, right? Yeah. I mean, he played mm-hmm. for the Ravens for a long time. So, I mean, like yep. to me, like when I saw that Wisconsin was starting to recruit you, I was like, okay, like I, I knew, I knew who Zach was. I was like, okay, like it's just another or, right. It's like, you know, right. or, or, or family It's like kind of legendary, man. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Subtle, subtle legends. <laughs> but uh, yeah, um, man, it's, it's such a, I always feel so blessed and fortunate just to look around my family and be able to call my brother up and 
you know, talk some really detailed football. You know, not many people can actually talk detailed football and, you know, being able to talk about it with him and my other brothers and even my dad and my mom, you know, she's been around football for so long that she even understands it to a certain level. So <laughs> we're all speaking the same language in the house whenever it comes up. So it's, it's been a lot of fun for sure. Were you, were you always a linebacker? No, I was not. So this is, this is my uh, career positions. When I first started playing football and uh, I was playing flag, I was actually a lineman. I was an offensive and defensive lineman. Uh, just because I was like the biggest on the team for some reason. I don't know. Maybe I grew early and just stopped. But uh, I was like one of the bigger guys on the team. So I was a lineman on flat in flag football. And then once I got the pads, man, I played tight end and fullback. And I was a corner. And I played running back. And then once I got to middle school, it turned into just safety and running back. And uh, after my, my freshman year of high school, I, I just played safety, no running back. My running back dreams were crushed. So, <laughs> so I was playing safety, man. I was making tackles, you know, up and around the line of scrimmage. Like, honestly, I wasn't attacking the ball. Like, I was trying to take guys' head off, you know, when they ran a post or something. And that's when uh, <laughs> my high school backer coach told me, like, man, you're going to play linebacker. And actually, my brother Zach had the same journey. Like, he was a safety when he was younger. And they came to him and said, uh, you're going to play linebacker. Like, you're not even playing like safety. You're not even trying to get it. You're not even attempting to get an interception or, or a PDU at all. Like, you're just trying to hit people. So that's when it started. So since my sophomore year, I've been a, I've been a backer. It's like, uh, what was the old segment, jacked up, right? You're just trying to, you're trying to get mm -hmm. on that. Yeah, yeah. And the crazy part is, like, in my heart, I always knew I would play backer just because of how much people compared me and uh, Zachary. And, uh I, I was trying to put it off for as long as I can. I'm like, man, no, I'm not, I'm not a linebacker. Like I'm not Zach. Like, I'm just like safety. Uh, my brother, uh, Nick, Nick was a safety at the time with me. And I was like, man, I can play strong safety. He'll play free. Like this would be a lot of fun. Then he eventually turned into me playing backer. <laughs> so, so who, who, when did the letters start coming in and who was at mm -hmm. like the top, who was the top of your list? I mean, coming from Texas, I assume some of those schools are on there. Well, and your Man, dad played actually, at UT too, right? Yeah, yeah. So my dad played at UT. Um, my oldest brother played at Texas State, Terrence. And then uh, Zach played at North Texas and Nick played at TCU. And – Man, I wasn't I wasn't heavily recruited by the Texas teams. I don't I don't know why, but uh, I was not heavily recruited. Like UT never recruited me. TCU didn't start recruiting me until later. And I I think it was a combination of like once I committed to Wisconsin, they kind of everybody in the recruiting world like knew my family, already knew who we were. Like none of my brothers had decommitted. Like you committed, and that's where you were gonna go. And you know that was always our approach. Like if I'm gonna commit here, like this is where I'm coming. Like, there's nothing. How did Wisconsin get on the board? Man, they just, they came down. I'll never forget. Uh, Coach uh, Bill Bush, who's actually, I want to say he's at Nebraska now. Coach Bush came down and saw me. He met me. And then he called me like a couple of days later. And we're talking. He's like, man, I'd love to get you out to Madison in the summer. You come visit. And I remember having to ask him on the phone, like, so are you guys like, did you guys offer me? He's like, yeah, like, heck yeah, we offered you. So I just had to meet you, make sure you weren't, you know, five, seven. I was like, oh, okay, perfect. Like, that's how, that's how it all started. I had no clue to be honest, but uh, yeah, the only Texas team to give me a scholarship offer was university of North Texas. And then honestly, I ears even in Wisconsin tied air because 
the coach that offered me was Coach Dan McCartney, mm. who was a defensive line coach here at Wisconsin with Coach Alvarez. But he was my brother's head coach at North Texas. And he offered me the, the quickest. He was the quickest one to offer me. I love Coach McCartney, Coach Mack, man. I would actually see him sometimes during the homecoming, you know, like lunch and dinners. And I'd see him like once a year, every year. So crazy how how we were talking before, how connected everything is. But, yeah, that's how it started. I only had a scholarship offer from North Texas was first, and I got uh, Nevada, and then Wisconsin came. And then Arkansas and Missouri wanted me to do, like, a workout for them. So me and my family, we took a little road trip up, went to Arkansas and then Missouri, did a workout, and uh, they didn't they didn't really want to offer me. They were just like, yeah, if you want to come, then but you like if you commit, then you might have a scholarship, maybe not. So I never really count them. And then the last stop was uh, Madison. And when I came up, you know, honestly, I was just trying to see Madison. To be honest, it had nothing. I was already convinced on. Uh, on the athletic side and academically, I was already convinced on Wisconsin, but I just had to come and see it. I was like, man, I need to see where I'm going to live for four to five years, <laughs> make sure it's a good fit for me. And man, when I got out here, I absolutely loved it. The best thing that I love is that, you know, you have a small town feel in Madison where I can walk down the street and people would know me for Chris. Like they know me by my name and not my Jersey number. And that was something that I really loved. But on the flip side of that, like you're playing in front of 80, 85,000 people every Saturday. So you're still getting to play big time football and you got that small town feel so you can escape the lights a little bit. I assume that, you know, I mean, up, everyone knows that football is bigger in Texas. Everything's bigger in Texas. <laughs> DeSoto, though, I mean, you guys have quite a history at DeSoto. Oh, yeah. So what was that? You know, so what was sort of like the expectations for you like in high school? Did people expect you guys to like, you know, go to state every year and that kind of stuff? Oh, yeah. Like, uh, I never won state in high school, but it was expected for us to win state. You know, that was definitely the expectation. Uh, we've, man, we've had so many talented players come through DeSoto. They finally got it. I don't remember if it's the first year after I left or the second year. I think it was two years after I left. Uh, they finally got it. But, yeah, man, the list goes on and on. Like, Ellis Hobbs, who played, he's a Super Bowl champion, played for New England Patriots. Uh, Patrick Creighton played with the Cowboys. Von Miller went to DeSoto. Uh, got guys like Cyrus Gray, Tony Gerard, Eddie. Um, the list goes on, man. It's my brother. <laughs> well, both my brothers. Uh, LaVisca Chenault is a DeSoto alum. Uh, James yeah. Prochet plays it, uh, for the Baltimore Ravens now. DeSoto alum. A.J. Green is a cornerback for the Cleveland Browns. DeSoto alum. And, man, like, we got guys that went on and played, you know, big-time ball in college and at the NFL level and, you know, the expectations were the same, you know, from DeSoto to Wisconsin. It was expected for you to come in, you know, you show up on time, you work hard, you know, nothing's going to be given to you. You know, you earn your respect from your hard work first, and then you earn whatever comes after that from how you play on the field. You know, that's something that I've always, you know, resonated with from DeSoto and even especially here at Wisconsin. Like, that's the first thing you realize is that, man, it doesn't matter, you know, what, you're, what you did in high school or, whatever the case is, like, first of all, you need to come in here and show us that you're a hard worker. And that's how you earn respect first. Then when you get to the field, then you can show us how, how good of a player you are, but nothing's going to happen until you work hard. So do you think that, that. that, that yeah, I, <laughs> I mean, that's awesome. Do you think that those expectations coupled with the fact that, you know, your dad played in the league for a long time, your brothers are all mm -hmm. high level football players. Do you think that's one of the things that sort of help you see the field early and like really get you, 
you know, set to go, you know, in Madison from day one? Yeah, I, w- I would say for sure. Um, just because I was like, like I, I'm going to say it so many times, I'm so, you know, blessed and fortunate to have my family. You know, I was able to grow up and learn so much from them as they were learning that, you know, I just kept kept an inventory on things. So I was able to pick up on, you know, defenses and calls and schemes so much. You know, I had a really, I had a great uh, linebacker coach in high school, actually, Brian Stansberry. He's going to be mad that I get said his name, but uh, he taught me so much about, you know, just the technique of playing backer, how to actually read offensive linemen, how to read offensive plays. He taught me different offensive schemes, you know, coupled with our defensive scheme. But, you know, I would say the major thing was that, you know, my dad, he wasn't like a freakish athlete. Like when people hear, like when I tell people, like my dad played in the NFL, he played for nine years, won two Super Bowls. Like they assumed that he was just some freakish athlete, but he wasn't like that at all. And, you know, he was a good athlete. There's definitely a, a baseline of athleticism that you need for sure. But he wasn't like uh, Noah Fanton, like George Kittle, all the guys that you see now. And one thing he used to tell us is that, man, football is 90% mental. And if you can understand where you need to go, where the ball is supposed to go at the snap, you know, where the creases in your defenses are, where the creases in this offensive scheme is, you know, then you can get to that play so much faster than somebody else who doesn't know. And he can run a – 4-1 for all you care, but if he doesn't know where he's going, if he can't diagnose these plays, he's just, he's dead in the water out there. <laughs> How big – I feel like if I walked into your house in, in Texas, like one whole like side of your house is just all trophies. <laughs> is, that, is it just like a huge trophy case? Oh, man, you'll see a lot of uh, – yeah, you'll see a lot of like high school and – you know, maybe some college trophies in there. But one thing you won't see too much of is my dad's stuff, actually. Well, you'll see my dad's jerseys. Like, he, he got all his jerseys framed. But uh, his Super Bowl rings, like, it's not like he flaunts them out. Like, they're put up. I don't even know. I don't even know where they are. If he asked me to go get them, I could not. I couldn't go do it. <laughs> so, uh, but, yeah, you'll see a lot of, like, little trophies, too, man, from Little League all the way up. Like, they, they kept them all. My parents did. And, you know, it's really fun to kind of go back and, see and you can kind of replay memories in your mind when you look at them for sure yeah but it's just it's just one room, <laughs> one room is it's a very big room. Trophies. oh yeah but nothing <laughs> nothing's higher than the degrees you know my mom made sure that the degrees were the highest so <laughs> not beat them all in that smart woman make sure i put that out there i beat yeah. all of them in degrees <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome that's fantastic Tons of people take multivitamins, but it's important to choose one that is top quality. With one delicious scoop of Athletic Greens, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to start your day right. Their special blend of ingredients support gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, energy, recovery, focus, and aging. It's also lifestyle-friendly and fits a wide range of diets. There's only one gram of sugar and no chemicals or artificial anything. Reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day. That's it. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash believe. That's B-L-E-A-V. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash believe. Athletic Greens. Take ownership of your health. 
These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. These products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. So, okay, so you get to campus. It's what, 2015, mm -hmm. I think, right? Yep. Summer. Now, did you enroll early? No, I came in the summer. Okay, so you came in the summer. So yep. what, A, when you get to campus, are you living at the Regent? No, we were actually staying at uh, Varsity Quarters, but it's called Lark at Randall now. The class before us, I don't, I don't know what they were doing. They were having like water balloon fights or something. So the region said, y'all can't come back next year. So we stayed at Varsity Quarters my freshman year, which is a really nice apartment. We've been That's tearing funny. the region up for the two decades. decades. <laughs> oh, I know. I heard the stories, man. I heard the stories. I mean, they kicked you out of the towers first. And they then, kicked us out of the towers. Yep. I think our oh, lease, wow. kind of our lease or our agreement was up. It's all the same company. Anyway. Same company owns all of them, though. Same company owns Statesider yeah. Towers, Regent, they want, Langdon. They didn't want, like, yeah, they didn't want the football players in the towers for sure. Uh, after after my year, I was like, this has got to, we got to be done. <laughs> yeah, but I, I I distinctly remember like going to the the region and being like, I hate this place, and <laughs> it was just too far away for me. And and you only you were so close to the stadium that. Yeah. I felt like you were stuck in like this little teeny area that you only could do one thing and it was right. Like that was yeah. it. I could definitely but, see that. And they I had, actually, but they had I like living closer to the stadium. I some guys loved it. Yeah. Closer. Yeah. Like there's some guys just like, man, I got to get away. But like, for me, I was like, man, I can steal like 10 minutes of sleep or like, you know, God forbid I accidentally wake up late one day, like I can run in there and probably still make it. Like, so that's that's kind of how I always thought of it. But no, I can definitely see that. You definitely feel like you're tucked off in a corner only by and, the stage. Well, and also the, the Regent Street has gotten so much nicer mm -hmm. since oh, 2005. Yeah. Oh, I bet. Oh, I bet. So oh my God, you know, we had the OP, the the open pantry across the street, and there was like basically nothing on that street. Oh, now there's yeah, bars, yeah. restaurants. It's yeah, it's exciting yeah. to be around there. Yeah, it is for sure. It is for sure. It's completely different now. Question for you. We used to walk out of the front of the region mm -hmm. and jump over this huge, we put a bench up. So we would jump on the bench, jump over that big berm and then uh -huh. walk to the stadium. I don't mm -hmm. know if guys still do that. I feel like it was only yeah, the football guys who would I have do no that. Idea. I doubt it just because majority of guys get a moped or They'll just walk. I doubt they're jumping that fence because that police station's right there. <laughs> yeah, did you have a scooter? Did, did you get a moped? No, I did not get a moped. I I had my two my two wheels on my on my body the whole time. <laughs> I, I became best friends with the eighty though. I knew this this entire route <laughs> for sure. So you show up. What's it mm -hmm. like walking into the locker room? You know, you're getting your 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 shorts and your shirt. Like, what's all? What's that experience like? Oh man, it was just crazy exciting. Uh, you know, the, when you first get here, there's so much going on. Like you got to go do this certain type of testing. You got to get your physical. You got to go meet with your academic advisor and get with your schedules. And so you're you're running around so much when you first get here. But then you get your gear, and I actually was like more settled down when we finally just started working out. And it was like, all right, yeah, like this is your workout time. And I'm like, oh, okay, like this is my break from trying to figure out navigate Madison, Wisconsin and being a UW student. So uh, actually our first workout, I'll never forget Austin trailer. He was a senior on the, on the team, my freshman year. And he came in and he's like, he's like, y'all already messing up. Like tuck your shirts in you freshmen. Like 
you're gonna take the take the stairs, like you can't take the elevator, tuck your shirts in. And I'm like, man, like, all right, now nah, this is gonna be so we all we're all like friendly tucking our shirts in because you know, trailer was a big guy. You really didn't want to get on the wrong side of uh, of AT, but yeah, I can vividly remember that day, man. It was a lot of excitement for sure. There's nothing worse than taking the stairs, not the elevator. Nothing worse. It's a, it's a 10 second ride, if that, but it's yeah. it's it's yeah. so much nicer. Yeah, so much nicer. Stairs. So much nicer, man. You after a hard lift or something, or after a hard practice, you got to take the stairs up like three flights just to get the meetings and your legs are already burning. You're trying to save your legs as much as you can. And it doesn't even matter. <laughs> Who did they have you living with your freshman year? Who was your roommate? Zach, me and Zach Bond. Oh, wow. Yeah. We've been roommates. We were roommates up until our last year. Yeah. We were roommates. Yeah, man. It was, it was a lot of fun. Uh, we first met, I was, I was actually, <laughs> I got to Madison before him and I was passed out on our couch, like head back, mouth open. That's how we first met him. <laughs> I met him and his, and his mom and his brother <laughs> that way. So did not make the best first impression, but man, we got close and clicked immediately. Like he was telling me about all these different spots around Wisconsin to go try to eat or just to go have some fun. And, you know, we became best friends ever since. That's so cool. So, so what, so then the summers comes to an end and what's, what's going into camp look like, feel like, I mean, it's different because you, you were in the stadium and you yep. were living at the Wisconsin lock. Is that what it is? We were living at in camp. I'm trying to remember if by the time camp started, did we already go to our dorms or not? I don't think we did. We were we were actually still staying at our at your apartment. Mm-hmm. So wherever you were staying in the in the summer, that's where you still were at. Or if you were a freshman, you might have already gotten to the dorms by then. But man, I was always really excited for camp. I always loved camp and spring ball because well, one thing I didn't notice was that you know a lot of guys hadn't gone through that. Like when I was in high school, like in Texas, we do spring ball, we do winter conditioning, we do summer workouts, we do fall camp. You got your season, like we do. So nothing really changed for me, at least as far as coming to college. Like it was the same stuff I was used to. I had already been going through it for four years. So, you know, I was really excited for camp just because I'm like, I knew the type of player I was. And I was like, man, like, I can't wait to put the pads on because, you know, there's a lot of guys that, you know, you might meet some guys that look really good working out, but they can't really play ball. Or you might meet a guy that's, he runs really fast, you know, in the workouts, but, you know, he plays slower on the field. And, you know, I'm the type of guy that I'm probably not going to look the best. And uh, I take it back. I'll probably look okay as shorts, depending on how critical your eye is. But, uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to look amazing an individual or uh, seven on seven. But you know, once you put 11 on 11 out there, you know, we're actually playing football. And you have to dig into all the minute details of football. You know, how much pressure is this offensive lineman putting in his fingertips? You know, is he rolling his shoulders forward or not? Are his hips high? You know, this this running back, is he real jittery? Is he staring at one spot for a while? This receiver or this tight end, does he get does he get into his stance with a little more enthusiasm when it's a pass or a run? You know, all of those little details come to life in 11 on 11. And that's, you know, real football. That's what I couldn't wait to do. I couldn't wait to just show, like, man, I can actually play ball. Like, <laughs> I, don't, I don't care how summer workouts or anything else look. You know, when we play football, like, this is what I can do. 
<laughs> you're bringing back some positive memories and some like very unpositive memories. <laughs> I, we used to do uh, as a, as the running backs, we used to do like a one-on-one with the linebackers. Mm-hmm. And it was like, try to make them miss. And I was like, coach, White, the, I, what do you want me to do? I don't have any moves. Like I just lower the shoulder. And he's like, do something, Bernie. Every day, every time I touch a ball, it would get yelled at. And I would get to the, 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 the new guys. I'd be like, dude, cut me, dude, cut me. <laughs> get ahead of me. You know, cause you know, the periods are ending, right? Like, you're right. like, okay, okay. That period just buzzed. We got five more minutes. Let me go one more time and then hide somewhere. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I can never get it. <laughs> it was, so I, I feel you. Cause once we got to the, you know, 11 on 11, mm-hmm. at least I knew I, I could shine and I didn't have to do these ridiculous, you know, like I'm not getting right. away from the linebacker. Like, let's be right. real no shimmy or anything. Right. Um, right. Like, like I tell people sometimes, like I hear guys talking about like one-on-ones and stuff. And I'm like, yeah, that's, that's fine. And dandy. Like, yes, it helps you like with your technique. You know, sometimes you got to play a man and sometimes you're not to make a linebacker miss or a DB or whatever the case is. But you know, you have to also realize there's 10 other guys on the field when I'm in this position in the game, you know, there's a different flow to the game. Like we could have been hitting your quarterback all game and now you rush your route. You know, you're not, you're not going to put all these moves on me in the game. You're going to get to your landmark and get to where you need to go because without that, you ruin the integrity of the play. Like, you're not going to be able to just mm-hmm. freestyle on me. So, you know, I'll, I'll always, you know, love pointing that out to guys. I'm like, man, you can look great in one-on-ones. Like, but the quarterback guy gets you the ball. Like, we're, we're hunting him. Or, you know, you never know what the score of the game is. You know, there's so many different factors that come into play when you actually start playing 11-on-11. So I always enjoyed that. I loved it. And then the fact that we had Coach Chris, who, you know, he loves ball and he wants to just see us play that. And we finish every day with like a probably an hour of scrimmaging. And that's what I loved. I'm like, oh, yes. Like we're playing football now. Like I'm not worried about my steps and stuff. So So speaking of coaches, you came in under Dave Aranda, right, as a defensive coordinator. And then you also played for Justin Wilcox and Jimmy Leonard. So you got you got the whole gamut. Which also, mm-hmm. also, I think that just from an outsider's perspective, you came in under a three-four system that had only been in place for like two years or something at UW. We'd been a four-three yeah. forever, and right. they went to a three-four, which I actually think really maximized your skill sets. Right, you are mm-hmm. such a perfect middle linebacker in the three-four. What was it like playing under those three guys, and how were they similar, and how were they different? Yeah. Okay. First of all, the way that they're similar is they're all geniuses. You know, they're all really smart coaches. Um, they all, I would say the only difference, to be honest, has been pretty much the same defense. Uh, names have changed, and but their ideologies are different. So, like, when I remember with Coach Aranda, when we would get to, like, third down, he would get really excited. Like, there would be some times where we have, like, one defensive lineman out there and, like, six backers, you know, and, uh, you know, we was always doing something crazy on third down whenever, you know, we could. But, um, man, he was such a genius. <laughs> just thinking back to some stuff. I didn't even understand half the things he's want to teach me. But uh, And then under Coach Wilcox, you know, he's the one that kind of – he changed the names of plays to, like, one-word calls or anything like that. And, you know, his reasoning behind that was because he said he felt like when you have, like, long names, like, uh, over G4 match or something like that, um, he, he said he felt like you might have a freshman that's actually better than this junior, but he's not picking up on the playbook as fast. So you actually don't play him or something like that. And that was always really interesting for me to think about. 
And then whereas I would say with Coach uh, Leonard, he's kind of a – oh, my bad. I forgot to tell you about Wilcox's uh, style. He was kind of just like, man, uh, we're going to line up and, and, and whoop your butt, man. Like, there's nothing really – fancy for us to do uh he was really big on like individual matchups he was really big on putting uh, his actual guys in the best spot possible like he was really big on like for instance like we had tj that year and he was like i'm not gonna have tj watt dropping forever like <laughs> you do what you do you're best at rushing the passer like i'm gonna let you eat you know and tj still dropping stuff but you know just little stuff like that putting you in the best position i would say leonard is kind of a combination where we're not necessarily getting crazy exotic, but you never know who's coming. You never know who's that fourth pressure guy or if we're bringing five or if we're bringing six, maybe. Like, you never know what we're actually truly doing. But in doing that, he's also, you know, playing to guys' strengths. Like, uh, if you if you watch – if you compare, like, my last year to, like, Leo and Jack this year, like, man, he's putting Leo up in the A-gap because he's got a great get-off and he's strong and can run through there versus me. He was bringing me from depth. You know, and he's just using guys to the best of their abilities that I think that all three of them did well, just in a slightly different way. I'm still like, it's crazy how close I am still with Coach Aranda and like Coach Wilcox. It's like when I was training, drove down to Waco to see Coach Aranda and saw Coach Wilcox when they played TCU earlier this year. And it was, it was fun to catch up with those guys. Dude, uh, Coach Aranda has done phenomenal with Baylor. Like I am blown away by how good they are. And oh yeah. I, you know, I, I've been fortunate to be able to, you know, have some conversations with uh, Tristan Ebner, who's a running back on, Ooh, on, on, yeah, on that team. Yeah. I like and that like run. all he, he just raves about about Coach Aranda and how, mm-hmm. you know, if from the outside, a lot of people think he's like kind of cold. But he says like once you once you're in the room with him, like he is just like the greatest dude. Oh, greatest, greatest guy ever, man. Like, yeah, I can I can definitely agree with that from the outside looking in. You might think he's cold or like really quiet or you might not think he's uh personable at all but like man we're in the room like he's joking with us he's talking ball with us like he's a completely different person from what uh you might think if you just look at pictures or videos of him he's completely different good guy great guy love coach i I love that i love that you say jimmy's like a combination because i would totally Mm -hmm. agree with you i I played with jimmy i love him he played in Mm -hmm. the nfl i would say he is probably one of the best athletes you know i've ever seen but he understands other guys are could be way better, do do better in different positions. Yep. He played with Darrell Rivas, I think, and Cromartie and the Jets. Mm-hmm. The dude played on the Ravens with like everyone who everyone's yeah. name was noticeable. Um, and I do love that you say, like, I truly believe he puts guys in positions. He mm-hmm. knows each individual and he puts them in a place that they will be overly successful, maybe. Yep. And, I, and I love that about him. Yeah, yeah, I love it, man. It's crazy. I remember first, like, meeting or seeing Coach Leonard, and um, I remember seeing, like, you know, you see him all over the walls. You know, you see 18 and the, and the safety and stuff. And he was doing position work with, like, some of our DBs in 2015. I want to say it might have been, like, right when he retired or maybe he was still training. And uh, he was real close with Caputo. I remember him, like, leading some drills, and I'm like, man, like, who is this guy? Like, who is this? Who are we, like, listening to? And they're like, that's that's who you, that's Coach Leonard. That's Jim Leonard. That's who you see on the wall. That's number 18. I'm like, oh, wow, like, this is him. So it's always funny to share with him, like, my first interaction with him. I'm like, man, like, I had no clue who you were at first. He looks like know. a 19-year-old kid. Yeah, I'm like, man, he I still thought does. he was like, I'm, I'm thinking that he was just, like, a 
a senior that maybe like had class during workouts or something. (laughs) (laughs) Not at all. Like, no, he's actually a legend here. (laughs) And you're getting firsthand knowledge from him. So well, I'm sure you've seen that video of him dunking in like two. Oh my God. Mm -hmm. It's amazing. Oh yeah. But we'll come back to a video like that. Yeah. Well, yes, I've seen that one also. It's very, it's special. But Jimmy's like five seven, five nine. Yeah. Yeah. The fact that he could get up there like seven, yeah. It's crazy. I mean, it's, he, pl- he, him like five, he plays ten, in five. But that was extraordinarily generous. <laughs> he was wearing stilts that day. Uh, sorry, Jimmy. Wait, so Chris, what's it like though? Let's circle back. Like, what's it like to play, to walk on the field and to, and to play at Camp Randall in front of 80,000 plus, you know, all the TV, but what's it like to be in that environment? It's, I would assume it's like Texas esque, which how many people oh, yeah. care. Oh yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, the pride out here is one of the biggest things that you notice. And I think it's because, you know, we're the only, uh, division one football program out here. I want to say, right. Yeah. yeah, so. yeah. It's, the only FBS, say, yeah. it's the only FBS school. Only right. FBS. Yeah. We're the only FBS uh, football program here. And, um, you know, it's either you're rooting for the Badgers and you're rooting for the Packers. Like there's, there's nothing else. So, everybody comes, you know, from all stretches of the state, they come to the game, they fill up the stadium every Saturday. You know, people know more about you as an individual than necessarily even your stats. Like people would rattle off things about uh, my family to me instead of like, Oh, you had however many tackles this game or whatever. So that's something that I always appreciated, but man, being inside Camp Randall is electric. You know, teams don't want to come in there and play, uh, there's a little hump in the middle of the field, so you get a little boost running to the sideline. Um, the fans are loud all game. You know, even if even if it's not going our way, they're loud. You know, they're singing all the different songs, uh, jump around. You know, the earth shakes, and you can see other teams. You see the fear and the life start leaving them. But uh, man, it's suffocating. Like sometimes, like we play some games where, like I'll never forget, like Michigan, my senior year we're playing and I'm like screaming at the top of my lungs to guys like maybe a foot away from them and they can't hear me. I have to like get on their ear and scream so they can hear the call. And I'm like, man, like (laughs) this is what we need. You know, that's what we love. And we definitely feed off that. And I, I love our fans, man. People try to give them a hard time, give our student section a hard time, but I love them, man. Just show up, just get here. (laughs) It's not the student's fault. It's not the student's fault. It's the way they let them in. It's the way they let them in. Yeah. Everyone's like, everyone asks me like, why do they, what are they doing? Why do they sing? No, it's the way they let them in. It's the way they let them in. Yeah, for sure. For sure. It takes forever. It doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. Well, the chancellor's out. So maybe it'll change. Maybe it'll change, man. Maybe it'll change. I think it was under her that, and I actually liked Becky, Rebecca Mm -hmm. Blank, but, um, or Chancellor Blank is more formal, but she definitely was not a big party person, not a big social person and not a big fraternity sorority person. Right. And she made the students take an hour and a half to get into the state. There's no time you could have gotten there. That would have gotten you into the stadium on time. You have to show up an hour early. Right. They're not even letting you in that early enough for them to actually get there early and, you know, fill up the stance. Like they're not even letting you in there early. Yeah. Now the flip side makes sense because they say if there's 14 seats on a bench, only mm. 10 people were letting. So all these kids didn't have seats. Mm. So, I mean, I get, so I get the flip side, you know, right. but at the same time, like there has to be a better way. Like you have yeah. to just figure yeah. it out. I don't know. Maybe, maybe it'll change with the new construction. Maybe they'll figure out some, 
different way for them to come in or something. I don't know. And that's going to be cool. We can only that hope so. Yeah. So I, I want to talk about your senior season because your senior season was mm-hmm. was really special. Your senior season was really, oh, yeah. really special. You know, you started every game. You set the inside linebacker sack record, which is still standing. I thought Leo might get to it this year, but he I didn't, thought he would too, man. I didn't, I he didn't see. quite get there. I don't know. After that Purdue game, I was like, oh, dang. He's going to get Yeah, he, I was like, he, man, he might be close. He stringed together a couple of... <laughs> five sack games like he did that week <laughs> so but like especially you know uh, that year obviously you you and zach were the sort of the leaders of that linebacker room and what do you think made that unit so special and what was your relationship like with the rest of the guys and just sort of like walk us through that season yeah um so that season actually in the summer i would like have like some little sessions and invite all the guys out and it was just a time for us all to like open up to each other and get to know each other on a deeper level because, you know, I always tell people that, you know, in order for you to be a true leader, like you have to actually love everybody that you're with. Like you have to have genuine love for these guys. You have to have true care in your heart for them. And man, that, that paid dividends for us because as a unit defensively, we were so unselfish. Like nobody was selfish. Nobody was trying to do more than they, than what they were asked, but everybody was hungry. So it was like, man, okay, my job is to, you know, ping this guard in order for me to free it up for my other backer looping around me. I'm going to ping him to free him up, and then I'm going to get to the quarterback. So it was it was unselfish and uh, driven, hungry football. And you know, we made a deal to each other that we was like, man, we want to be the one of the best defenses to come through here. We want to be the best defense in the nation when it's all said and done. And we know it's not going to be easy, but it's only going to come from all of us doing our job all of us making the plays that we're supposed to make and then taking the extra step after that's done. After you do your job, you can take an extra step. Don't, don't take an extra step before doing your job. So, man, I think, I think that was the biggest thing, man. We were, we were unselfish and we were hungry. Guys were hungry to go make a play for sure. And we were close. We were a really close team. I felt like, uh, there wasn't like a group of guys that I felt like, uh, we're like on the outside looking in or there was nobody on the team that anybody felt like they couldn't come talk to or go to their house or whatever the case was. And that was probably the best feeling that I got from that season was just uh, how strong all the relationships got. You know, you, you have relationships with these guys before, but then you start hearing stuff about them. Like you connect with guys like, man, he's going through the same thing that I'm going through with my family or he's going through the same thing that I'm going through with school or with his girlfriend or whatever the case is. And, you know, it was, it was it was really fun to see. What's like? What's your game day tradition? It's like, what do you, what do you do on game day? Because <laughs> you're such a nice guy, but you are, I mean, electric on the field. And I would I would you play with like this tenacity, but off the field, like you're not a tenacious guy. I would say, yeah, not at all. <laughs> um, honestly, man, I uh, I do a lot of like self talk. I do a lot of uh, imagery, you know, about the games, you know, throughout the week. Um, I'm When we watch film, I kind of plug our defense into it and put myself out there, and I'm like, oh, this is a play that's going to come up. They obviously really like this play. This is going to be my opportunity to shoot this or whatever the case is. So that's one. But um, honestly, man, I, I start talking to myself. I start talking about, you know, like, like we talked about before, you have so many people tell you how you're not good enough or – whatever the case is. And I've always used that as, you know, fuel for my fire. You know, even if things don't go your way, 
or whatever the case is, you take that and hone that and use it as motivation. You know, Wisconsin is a place that I feel like I just identify with so much because majority of guys that, you know, we get here, you know, you're not a big time recruit. You know, we've all heard the same things from all these different programs. Like you're not tall enough. You're not fast enough. You're not strong enough, whatever the case is. So I'm like, man, I'm about to go out here and embarrass you. I want to embarrass you and your program for you thinking that none of us were good enough. So, you know, I would use that, that passion, you know, it turn it into rage or whatever the case is. And, you know, by the time I'm about to walk out the locker room, there's so much confidence flowing through me that I don't, I don't feel like anybody can truly stop me. You know, there's definitely some, some speeches in there and, you know, some smelling salts and stuff. And man, I, I used to play with a, a Snickers in my sock. And that actually came from me watching one of my dad's old, like, America's game or something and Daryl Green <laughs> this is this is how much of an impression he made on me when I was like seven years old he uh he played with a Tootsie Roll in his sock and he said it made him run faster and I knew that Daryl Green was the he's probably the fastest football. person that yeah. ever yeah ever play in the NFL and the fact that he was able to still be as fast as he was at 40 years old I think puts him there unless you know Tyreek Hill might be able to do it to be honest but <laughs> anyway uh I don't like Tootsie Rolls, so my favorite candy is Snickers. So I was like, I'm going to put a Snickers in my sock. Just like a little this. one or like the king-size bar? No, like a little fun-size Snickers, man. I can't have a <laughs> – one time I put a normal one in there, and it was like all over my socks. I'm like, ah, I definitely can't do that. Go with the fun-size ones. Yeah, man, you figure out whatever way you can put yourself in a completely different mode because, you know, off the field, man, I'm really like – honestly, I'm gentle. Uh don't have a problem talking to anybody. You know, I actually enjoy hearing other people's, you know, stories or just their perspective on anything. Now, I enjoy conversation, but uh, on the field, man, it's uh, it's me or you at the end of the day, and it's not going to be me. You no, know? <laughs> so <laughs> that's kind of the approach that I take, and just put yourself in that in that mode mentally. You're like a completely different person. You're getting me jacked up. Oh yeah, me and my me and my brothers used to tell my my mom like man like like my you wouldn't you wouldn't like the Christopher on the field like you wouldn't like him in your house like you don't you'd be happy you don't know him. Um, <laughs> Bernie, I feel like you're the pretty. same way, man. I feel like you're the exact same way. I'm very yeah, close man. to the same way, man. I, yes. I used to, but we play in those positions yeah, that yeah, you play those positions, man. You gotta. At the end of like, I'm my job, I'm 220, and I got to throw this 330-pound guy somewhere he doesn't want to go, and then I have to hit this 220-pound running back and make him go somewhere he doesn't want to go. Yeah. So, man, you got to put yourself in that, in that mode for sure. I used to, like, bite my lip, everything, man. Dude, that's a sound <laughs> bite right there. That, that is – dude, Chris, you – so now I understand why you're in your position because you are amazing. <laughs> I appreciate that. Wait, so, Were you so, always okay. like a super vocal leader too? Were you a vocal leader in high school? Because you know, people I've talked to know you say like you were one of the most vocal guys in the locker room. Like people rally around you. Were you always like that? Yeah, I've I've always been vocal, man. The the crazy part is like, you know, growing up, I've always I always had a big mouth, man. I always wanted to talk. I wanted to talk to anybody that would listen. I wanted to listen to anybody that wanted to talk to me. Uh, talking trash, whatever it was, especially when it came to only with football, though. I only talk trash with football. But uh, I think some of that also came from just, you know, my brothers and they would tell me, like, all right, man, if you're going to talk like that, like, I hope you know, like, you're going to have to back this up. And 
you know, one thing my oldest brother Terrence would always uh, teach us was like, man, you need to outwork, outwork your goals, outwork your mouth and outwork your dreams. You know, that's the only way you're going to actually even get close to them. And that's something that I always took to heart with me. I'm like, all right, like you hear me talking, like I remember getting on the mic and telling we're going to go take the X back. And some people thought that that was so crazy to hear. And I'm like, man, no, like we've outworked that goal. Like, I know this is happening. There's no, there's not a doubt in my mind about this happening or not. Like, I'm just telling you when and where it's actually going to happen. So man, I've, I've always been very vocal, always been, always been loud and outgoing, to be honest. What's more important than peace of mind? Nothing. And that's what NordVPN is here for, to give you peace of mind while you are online. And with all the threats you face today on the internet, it's more important than ever to make sure that you have the best VPN that you can get. NordVPN is the world's best VPN service, offering the fastest connectivity, most servers, and next-gen encryption to make sure that everything you do online stays secure. Plus, you can use NordVPN on all your computers and devices, no matter what the operating system. With NordVPN's unlimited bandwidth, you never have to worry about a slow connection either, and plans start at under $4 per month. So grab your exclusive NordVPN deal by going to nordvpn.com believe or use the code believe, that's B-L-E-A-V, to get up to 70% off your NordVPN plan plus one additional month for free. It's also risk-free with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. I know we're running out of time, but I have a thousand more questions. I know, me too. Oh, you're good. But, um, but okay, good. <laughs> we'll steal you for a little longer. But, um, but like, so what, so, so your senior year ends, dude, you were mm-hmm. so phenomenal to watch. Like you made plays that I was like, there's no way this could happen. And you just did it. And <laughs> it was, it was so fun to see your success on the field. Um, what's, what's it like after you, you can condense it, but what's it like after training for the pros? What's it like being there now? It's like your family legacy is being in the mm-hmm. NFL. What's it like to get there? And then what's it like when you're there? Oh, man, uh, to get there, honestly. So it was like I had a little different feeling just because, you know, I had like my my brothers and my dad. You know, none of my brothers were drafted. My dad was drafted in like the 12th round, which is undrafted today. So, you know, none of us were like uh, – we all had the understanding that when you get there, you still have to go make this team. Like, this is not – just because they said, oh, we're signing you doesn't mean that you're on this team or you're a part of this team. So I knew that, you know, as soon as I got signed, I'm like, all right, I need to start getting on this playbook, uh, maybe to figure out a little bit about the city. But the main thing is I need to figure out this playbook, this scheme – I need to figure out the guys that are there, what type of guys do they actually like? Um, how can I outwork these guys? Because essentially you got to go take somebody's job. You know, that's what you got to go do. But um, once you're there and like in it, man, it's, it's so fun. Like mainly just because your life, like everything that you dreamed of doing, you know, playing football is all you want to do, you know, when you're growing up. And then now you're actually to that point where your job is football. You know, football is actually like paying your bills. So that that probably was the best feeling ever. And the fact that, like, man, I don't have to worry about school. <laughs> I don't have to worry about anything else. I got to just pour my all into football. You know, that was a lot of fun. But I would probably say the, the best thing that I got was just, you know, you meet so many different guys. Like, the football, the NFL is such a 
family atmosphere for the most part, I would say. I don't know if, you know, everybody's experience is like this, but, you know, every vet that I met, you know, they're trying to get you better. They're trying to help you with little things in, in your game, whether it be from your your diet to your technique, how are you sleeping, your lifestyle, Um because they all understand how how it feels to be in your position. Everybody knows how it feels to be the bright eyed rookie and having no idea what is going on. <laughs> and then you you find some vets, man. They take you under under their wing and you know try to steer you the right way and help you navigate through it. And you get to hear so many different guys' stories. And something that people don't realize though is that like, man, the NFL is so it's such a cutthroat business. Like people think that you make it to the NFL and you know, now it's like uh, cupcakes and the sunshine, but it's not that at all because there's only like roughly like 2,500 spots. And then you think about how many guys are out here that played in college or how many guys that played in the NFL for two or three years. And then he was out a year and now he's able to, he's been training this whole year to try to get back. And like, man, like <laughs> they can cut you and get somebody that's your same height, size, speed and everything right in there immediately. So that's a big wake up call that I think a lot of people aren't ready for. Like I always tell people like, man, I'm in the, I'm in the working man's NFL, which is honestly like 90% of the NFL. Like, you know, only people that are living that the lifestyle that everybody thinks are like, are those like superstars that you think of, you know, the guys that are like, man, I didn't touch my uh, game checks. I just use my endorsements. And it's like, yeah, you can do that. Like, (laughs) (laughs) You can do that. Like, I, I'm not I'm not getting my salary in, in endorsements or whatever. So, you know, I, I would say that that was like um, a big thing that I, I had already knew just from my, you know, my brothers and my dad and stuff. But uh, something that was, you know, fun to live for myself, you know, to actually be able to live through it myself instead of just hearing stories from like my brothers and, and my dad. And now it's always fun to exchange experiences with them. So, you know, it's it's. It's definitely a dream come true, but I would say like it's not as uh, it's not as uh, sunshine and rainbows as people think. Like, man, you better come ready to work every day, or you're out of it. Like, instead of you doing some punishment run or lift, and like you would in college, like you're cut, <laughs> like you're fired, and you're probably in a state that you you don't know of or that you're not from. You know, if you got a family, like you got to pack up and move that family. Like, there's so much more to the lifestyle than you know, just getting up and, and, you know, playing ball. Like, you better be taking care of your body. You better be ready to work, man. Nobody in the NFL is lazy. That's what I tell people. Nobody in the NFL is lazy. Nobody in the NFL sucks. Like, I'm telling you, they don't. From practice squad to the superstars. Like, trust me, there's, there's some good ball players out there for sure. So one thing I did get to ask you, what was your relationship like with Coach Chris? Like, how did you guys get uh, along? Like, what was like, and, and what is something of, that most people wouldn't know about Coach Chris? Ah, uh, something most people wouldn't know about Coach Chris. Ooh, that's a good question. Uh, I would say this. This is what I'll say. He's a lot. He's so much smarter than people might think. So much smarter. Like, from every little detail of, you know, our practice and everything, he's always, like, in a position to want to learn, actually. It's something big time. But even, like, how he talks to the media. Like, the fact that people, like, take all of that to heart. It's like, man, like, you don't realize, like, he's he's just controlling his own narrative. Like, 
he's he's completely different from what people might think. Um, but man, I love Coach Chris. Like he's one of those guys. Like he's one of those coaches that like man, if one first of all, if I hear people like saying something bad about Coach Chris, like first first of all, we're gonna fight. <laughs> but uh, outside of that, like man, I I just know the type of person that you are. Actually, like it's a bigger reflection on you because he's a guy that like even if you're not like a star of the team, his his office is always open. First thing he's going to ask you about is your family and your life, how you are actually. Um, he cares so much about the individuals, you know, no matter who you are. Like we had guys that were messing up big time that can go and talk to Coach Chris and then boom, they uh, it's like a switch hit because they were able to talk to him and come to an understanding and realize like, man, he actually really cares about me. Like this is more than just, you know, my football career. This is about me, the person, me, the man, or whatever the case is. And, He's trying to help mold and and guide me in that light. But, ah, man, I love Coach Chris. Coach Chris, like, I remember when he first came to, like, my house for the in-home visit, he kind of solidified I was already coming to Wisconsin because I committed for the, you know, the ball and, and the place, not, like, the coaches, because I was actually recruited by, you know, Coach Anderson and his, uh, his coaching staff. And then, you know, Coach Anderson left, like, right after the Big Ten Championship game, which was, like, a month before signing day. And it's crazy because we had a group chat of all the commits and some of the guys that were coming early had uh they were like panicking, man. They were they were losing it, like not having any idea who our coach was gonna be. But you know, if you know anything about Wisconsin, I knew we were gonna find a, a good fit and a and a great replacement. I knew that Wisconsin football wasn't going anywhere, but he solidified it by, you know, coming to the house and man, uh him and my dad were talking about you know, all the different ways that my dad ran counter and power with uh, Coach Gibbs. And, you know, he just felt like a like an uncle. Like I have like real deal, genuine love for Coach Chris. And, you know, I was with his first team when he came back as head coach and, and being with him again now, like, man, I have I have he definitely has such a special place in my heart. And I think I think part of it also came is because uh, the day Coach Anderson left, actually, this is something I don't think a lot of people know was actually the day I was supposed to have my in-home visit with uh, coach Anderson, coach Bush and coach Aranda. So coach Bush and coach Aranda were actually in the air when he like announced that he was leaving. And uh, I remember my brother like coming to me, like, uh, are your coaches like still coming <laughs> to the house? And I'm like, yeah, I think so. Why? He was like, uh, you should go, like, go check your Twitter. So I went and looked and I saw it said that he was leaving. I'm like, I'm like, nah, like this has got to be a joke. Like they're coming, like right now. Like he was like, I'm literally expecting to see him in like an hour. And uh, <laughs> this is just a funny story now, like looking back. But uh, Coach Bush and Coach Randall land and they call me and they're like, hey, Chris, uh, I'm sure you know the news by now that Coach Anderson <laughs> is leaving and we can still come by the house if you want. But honestly, I don't know if we're going to still be here. So I don't even know if you want that to happen. I'm like, no, like, I guess really okay. Like, I had a true understanding of, like, the business side of football. You know, people get so caught up in, you know, their own pride for a team or a place that they don't necessarily think about, you know, other people's goals and dreams and aspirations or just the business of it. Like, especially in the NFL, man, when they talk about, like, loyalty and stuff, I'm like, man, like, First of all, he probably didn't choose this team. Like, realize that like, he got drafted to this team, and you know he gets a lot of love for the organization and for that city. 
and obviously for you fans, but like he's got a family to take care of. And if he can make so much more in, in this other city or town, as far as taxes and stuff, and, you know, why wouldn't he take that opportunity? Like, would you stay at your job when somebody offers you more somewhere else? Like you would definitely leave too, but yeah. So I, so I had an understanding of that, but then coach Chris came and just solidified it, man. Love coach Chris. That's great. And so, so can you talk about your role now? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm the director of player development. And uh, basically my role is just to be a, a mentor to the players. And, you know, it's a little different, you know, always with, uh, especially the stage of the players' careers that they're in. And it's really easy for me just because, you know, my you know career journey here at Wisconsin, you know, it wasn't like your typical journey, like, Everybody here, like, oh, I like started as a freshman, but people don't know, like, the only reason that even happened was because TJ and Leon got hurt like the first day of pads in that fall camp. So I was actually given the opportunity to go against our starting offensive line, and I had a coach in Coach Aranda who was like, I'm going to rotate you all and see who can play. And, you know, I was given that opportunity to be able to show that I can play. And you know, it was unfortunate that Leon was just – his injury was that bad that I had to start. You know, it wasn't like I – came in here and it was just like, oh, like he's our starter. Like, so guys get caught up in that. And, you know, I tore my ACL. I had that infection in my leg. And I had, you know, all the other little bumps and bruises that you get. So I could pretty much relate to so many of these guys, you know, based on my career path, whereas you got the red shirt freshman that's frustrated that he's red shirt. And then you got the senior who's getting texts and calls from all these different agents. And you got the sophomore who's trying to find his niche and the junior who's trying to break out or whatever the case is. And I'm like, man, I can, I can relate to you all. And best part about it, I would say, is just like seeing the growth in a lot of these guys, you know, over time, especially like guys that I played with, like we were talking about earlier, that were young, like freshmen, uh, seeing how much they've matured, especially up until now. And then, seeing them like lead the team. Like I remember hosting Nick Herbig on his uh, recruiting visit. And now he's like one of the leaders on the team. So that's, that's like really cool for me to see, you know, that really like brings joy to my heart and like seeing guys that might've been messing up big time when I was here and then seeing how much they've grown and developed up until now. And now they're leaders on the team. And it's like, man, like, look at you. Like <laughs> you were just, you're yelling at this freshman for the same things you used to do when you were a freshman. <laughs> um, <laughs> you like, mentioned Nick Herbig. We, we had Herbig on the podcast a couple of weeks ago, and which was fantastic. He, w- he was awesome. <laughs> he talked about that recruiting visit, specifically staying with you. Yeah. And the first time that he met Jonathan Taylor in the locker room mm-hmm. and, just, and just being like completely in awe of JT. Um, and actually, he messaged me to because I told him you were coming on. He's like, okay. Uh-huh. He, he, he wants me to ask you, who's going to win in a 40, you or him? Who wins in a 40-yard dash? Hey, man, Nick already knows that answer. Um, <laughs> he knows that it's me uh, until he proves otherwise and he goes and runs his 40. Uh, but, you know, outside of that, like, we can always line it up. You know, I have no issue, you know, teaching these young guys, you know, to respect their elders. I have no issue getting out there on the line and, and humbling them a little bit, you know, or or giving them a little extra added motivation. So uh, I'm glad you said that. Now I get to race them. So we'll see. <laughs> so I, I got to ask you quick about the inside linebackers for next year. Leo mm-hmm. and Jack are gone. You started next to Jack in your senior year. Mm-hmm. That was his first year as a starter. 
Um, a lot of young guys in the position. One guy I'm excited about um, is the, the uh, is is Jake Cheney. Um, mm-hmm. Cheney, everyone like when he was being recruited, every single place says, "What's his comp? It's Chris Orr. What's his comp? It's Chris <laughs> Orr." Which made me happy. I was like, I would love another four years of Chris Orr. <laughs> what do you see out of him and Justin Turner and Muma and some of these other guys coming up? Yeah, man. Um, they're a really tight knit group. Uh, they're actually this group. They're way more athletic than uh, any groups that like I played with, as far as even just like from the floor that they have from when they first came in. You know, their athleticism was already way higher than like any of the groups that I played with. You know, here, and I would say that's probably one of the biggest things that that stood out. But man, I'm very excited for this group. I think that they're a hungry bunch. I think that the competition, you know, going into spring ball and fall camp is going to do nothing but make them better because, you know, that's what it did for, like, me, TJ, Jack, and Ryan. Like, it got to the point where, okay, you all have started. Like, now you got to beat each other out during this time. So um, I think the competition is going to make them grow a lot. Uh, I'm excited about them all, man. Uh, Tate Grass, Muma, uh, Jordan. Jordan had, what, like two interceptions in his first two, like, games of, like, real action. Mm-hmm. which is crazy. Uh, yeah, Jake is, Jake is a uh, fire in the bottle. So I'm, I'm excited about that. He does. He does remind me a lot of myself. <laughs> I, came in, I came in chunkier than him though. I came in chunkier than him. So I would say that's a good, uh, him, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, man, it's, it's an exciting bunch. Uh, I can't wait to see, uh, the product that they put out there on the field because they're all working hard and training hard and, you know, doing great things in the weight room and, and in workouts right now. So, I'm really excited for them. That's awesome. So I know we only got you for another minute. I always end with some, some rapid fire questions. So, okay. all right, here we go. Um, you, I know you talked a lot, but who was the best trash talker on the Badgers that you played with? Who talked the Ooh, best? Who talked the best, best smack? trash talker? That's tough. That's going to go between, um, excluding, excluding myself, huh? Yes. Excluding yourself. Uh, obviously you're in a separate category. I'm a, I'm a, I'll, it's probably a little bit of a tie. I'll go with uh, Jack Sitchie. He's definitely in there. Sitchie's a big time trash talker. Uh, Vince Beagle would talk trash. People don't think he did, but he did. Um, there's some offensive guys that I need to add in there. Quintez, Quintez, Quintez. The thing about Quintez is like he didn't talk trash, but he like celebrated like right over the guy. And he was like talking himself up right over the guy, which is something that I know, like, if I, me as a defensive player, like, I would have hated that. Like, that would have definitely got under my skin, <laughs> for sure. Um, yeah, I'd have to go with Sitchy. I'd probably go Sitchy. Oh, DT. Uh, Derek Tindall, he's definitely in there as well. Awesome. Sure. Okay, as a middle linebacker, you are, I mean, you, you are the best sack artist for any middle linebacker we've seen. What's your favorite What's your favorite blitz? My favorite blitz? Uh I'm not going to give away the name, but, man, we had this blitz where we didn't put it in until my senior year. And I know, like, Sitchi is probably super jealous of that. But <laughs> there's this blitz where I basically just had free reign. And it was like, man, you just run to the A-gap. If anybody's there, just beat them. And if it's a run, just pick a side. And I was like, oh, like, this is amazing. There's no thinking. I'm just going. Like, this is perfect. And I'm covered. Like, I can't really be wrong. I won't hurt the integrity of the defense if I choose the wrong way. So I would definitely say that's my that's my favorite blitz. Toughest blocker you went against? 
Ooh, either on the Badgers or on another team. Who, who was the toughest guy that for, for you to get around? Mm, I would say uh, on the Badgers, I would have to go with, man, it's going to be between uh, Tyler Biotic, especially when he was uh, younger, when we would go against each other a lot. He was, like, really athletic but strong as well. And then I'd say Deer, too, Michael Deer. He was big. He had a great punch, and he was athletic, and he could bend with you, which was always tough. And he always had energy. Like, he was, like, one of the most in-shape offensive linemen that I've met. But I would say uh, outside of the Badgers, I'd have to go with uh, Kendrick Green from Illinois. Okay. Man, he was uh, – he was low, man. He was fast. He was athletic. He could bend and move. And he wanted to punch you in the mouth, which I loved. Absolutely loved. Like, it was one of those things where, I don't know, it's like a heavyweight fight. And you know that you're going to get beat up in this fight. You're just wanting to beat him up more. And he beats you up. So <laughs> I would definitely have to go with him. Who's the biggest physical freak you played with or against, uh, either at Wisconsin or in Carolina or both? Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. Uh, I would say in Wisconsin, easily. Oh, actually, not as easy once I start thinking about it. Uh, no, actually, I'm going to have to go with JT. And the only reason, the reason that JT edges a lot of guys out is because he was, like, the battle for the fastest on the team. Like, if he, it was, like, 1A, 1B with him and, like, Isaac Garendo and guys like that. But he was one of the fastest on the team, and he was one of the strongest. And people don't know he squatted 600 pounds too. He was the reason why I squatted 600 because he was in the lift group before me. And we came in, I asked Coach K, like, who got the best numbers? And he's like, JT squatted 600. And I'm like, oh, I have to hit this. <laughs> like, no way. Then I see the video of him doing it. It looked easy. So I would definitely say him. And then I was saying Carolina, man, there's such a there's such a good batch of guys I could choose from. But I go with Jeremy Chin, who was an absolute freak. He's big and fast. He's he might be the fat like quietly. He might be the fastest guy in Carolina. Maybe you know Dante Jackson's fast. And one thing people don't know about him is that he can jump. Like I saw him pick off a, a seven route as the flat player by just jumping higher. And it was one of the craziest things I've seen. And then I had to also go with uh, Brian Burns. You know Burns. Yeah, is like, that's what I was gonna guess. Is Brian man, Burns? He was one of the fastest guys on the team. Like. He's a defensive end. He's one of the fastest guys on the team, like without a doubt. He's one of the fastest guys on that team. And then, you know, you can't help but to throw, you know, Christian in there. But, you know, Christian, like, I wouldn't even say, like, he's such a freak. Like, I wouldn't say, like, oh, he's, like, freakish. But, like, man, everything he does just looks so perfect. Like, he runs with perfect form. Like, he gets his Dorsey flexed up perfectly, like. And I think that kind of muddies the water when you talk about freaks and stuff, but he's a freak as well because he's strong too. And DJ Moore will be my last one that I'll talk about because he's – he looks like a running back. Like, people don't know he's a lot – he can do everything that uh, Debo Samuel's doing for San Francisco. DJ Moore can do that. So he's a freak as well. Awesome. And then I'll get you out of here on this. This will – the podcast itself will drop after – uh, the Super Bowl, but what's your Super Bowl pick? I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna drop this in the video before the game. So what, what's your Super Bowl pick? Okay. Okay. I really like this Super Bowl match just because uh you know it's like Cincinnati. They they're like the the young the young fiery team. You know, they got a really good young quarterback. They got young talent everywhere offensively and defensively. And you got LA that's made up of like guys with established careers. Like they have guys that are 
bona fide Hall of Famers on their team that might have never gotten the opportunity to even play in the Super Bowl. Uh, Coach McVay got, has been You played with before. David Edwards, right? Yeah, you, I played with yeah. Big Dave, Jumping yep. Dave. <laughs> uh, I, wait, I wait, how did he get the name Jumping Dave? I got to know. <laughs> jumping Dave? He does not seem like a jumper. So how is he Jumping Dave? He's <laughs> He used to fall start. It's from him fall starting in practice. <laughs> and uh, Sitchy, man, Sitchy being the trash talker he is, he would scream at the top of his lungs, jumping Dave. And, man, and sometimes, like, Dave wouldn't even jump. It would just be, like, him, like, getting more comfortable in his stance. Like, they haven't even set the, the ball yet, to be honest. And he would get that. That's why I, it was fun messing with Dave on that. But uh, honestly... I'm going to have to go with L.A. And the reason I'm going with L.A. is because, like, even if you pay attention to their season, they they built their team for a playoff run and a Super Bowl push. You know, they have, you know, older players that, that can definitely still play for sure. Like, you know, obviously. And, um, you know, they had some struggles throughout the year just figuring out how they can gel. And, man, that veteran leadership is real. Um there's a cool and calmness about it when you got a good vet in there that you know you can lean on, and they got about six or seven of them. So I'm going to have to lean with the experience a little more. But what I will say is this. I will not be surprised if Cincinnati wins. I won't be surprised if Cincy wins, but my head is telling me that it's L.A. All right. Sure. With, with that prediction. With that prediction. I'm not – betting on this game off of what, what you just gave me. <laughs> I'm not betting on the game anyway, but off of that, there's no chance. No, I, I, tough, I, I mean, it's going to be a good game. That's And that's oh, what yeah, you sure. want in the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. However, I kind of, Matty P's a, a Bills fan, and that Bills-Kansas uh, City game was probably the best game I've seen in a, yeah, that maybe forever. Sense. Yeah, that was one of the best games that I've seen as well. That, that was a Super Bowl. That really broke me emotionally. It completely shattered me. Like I, I'm still, I still haven't recovered. About, uh, everybody complains about like the overtime rules. I'm like, man, like it's the way it is. There's a defense out there, man. I play ball. Like yeah. <laughs> I play defense. Honestly, I thought Buffalo was going to win. They should have won. Why, why they're rushing four with 13 seconds left will never, ever, ever sit right with me. Why well, I didn't. I didn't like how. Uh, my thing was, you know, it's easy to say it's a high sign, but, like, I wish they were playing a, a closer coverage. Like, I wish they were actually getting closer to these receivers instead of, like, spot dropping and trying to, like, protect the sidelines. I get it with it being 13 seconds left, but at the same time, they didn't need to score. Like, uh, Kansas City didn't need to score, right? The touch, they needed to score a touchdown. They need to just get a field goal. Yeah, they needed to get a field goal. Yeah, yeah. They just and so I thought – how are so you gonna let Kelsey get in get get inside leverage? I just yeah, man. I would I, I would have liked to see them, you know, challenging those receivers. Obviously, for sure, keeping some hope over the top, just because they got man. We played them in Carolina, and man, they got they got lightning in the bottle with some of their guys. So you definitely need to have some help over the top. But man, I would trust my defense and challenge these guys at the line of scrimmage. Like I want I want to make Mahomes scramble a little bit, burn some of that clock up, especially being thirteen seconds might be able to get a sack or something. Like, I want to challenge these receivers, make him clutch a little bit, make him earn it. Should have never brought this up, Matt, because you get too riled up. I do. I'm sorry. There are two (laughs) things in the world that get me riled up. It's Wisconsin Badger football and Buffalo Bills football. 
<laughs> oh man, you must uh, you probably you probably got a bad place in your heart for my dad, man. I no, say I, the Super Bowl. You know what? You know what? It's that was, I think that was one of the four falls. Yeah. Yeah, it was. It's okay. Like I don't Chris for the win here. That was awesome. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna begrudge or and besperge the or name. No, you know, it, it, it's all good. It's all good. You know what? Like, no, like my first memory that. is like Scott Norwood wide right. Like, that's one of my first memories <laughs> against the Giants. That's the one that really hurt. So. <laughs> I like Buffalo, man. I, I I like Buffalo a lot. They're like, uh, it's always crazy to see, like, especially in the NFL, you see it a lot, all these places and how they just become somewhere 2.0. Like, I think Buffalo is just. Is Baltimore and Carolina 2.0. Oh, absolutely. I mean, half the no, coaching staff from Carolina. Yeah. Like. yeah, half of them are from Carolina, half of them are from Baltimore. And then especially when you see, like, the GMs go with them. I want to say – I want to say Buffalo's GM was like a – He was the he assistant was like GM in Carolina. Or Carolina? Yeah, he was. Yeah, the, the yeah, head coach Carolina, and GM yep. came together from, from Carolina. Yeah, so. yeah. So that's what you, you hope the, for. The, that's what you the, hope for in the league. The crazy fandom now is like yeah, taking over. I, I and Bills I actually Mafia. love the Bills Mafia. Yeah, is yeah. so yeah, funny. Mafia. The best. People are the best. throwing their babies through tables, not really yeah. throwing them, but like dropping yeah. them through oh, like yeah. like fake cards. It. It's so funny to watch it. It's so interesting and oh yeah, you know it, it's it's the best of America. Well, right it, it's, jumping it's, through it's tables a regional off of pride thing, trailer. right? Because because that because when you're in Western New York, right? Like I grew up in Western New York for ten years. That's all you got. Like, that's, all you got. That, that's all you got like the sabers mm. like no one cares like it's like <laughs> you know it, it's it's like it's very similar to packers fandom though right right because like you know everyone in wisconsin lives and breathes the packers everyone in western new york mm. is like it's bills or death like that's all that there is so i love that i love that yeah you know it, it, it's not like in some of these schools like you know uh, some of these schools some of these places like the rams like i'm sorry like People in LA just like don't really care about the NFL that much. I know I yeah, lived there for yeah, seven years. Tough. Like, yeah, you know, it's, yeah, it's that's, just not the same. That's a tough spot to be in LA, and then you got the Chargers there. I always wondered how like teams like split up a city because I'm like, man, like, yeah, too much pride, like just flowing through here. Like, you know man. what you do? You do what the Jets did, and you just kind of play in Giant Stadium and look like a fool forever. That's what the Chargers <laughs> do. They play in the Rams Stadium. They play in the Rams Stadium, yeah. Um, wait, who do we have on that was like, who said it was St. Louis? Oh, it was Sorgi. Sorgi. That's how old like we are, yeah. that we still St. look Louis at it as St. Louis. I used, to, uh, I, used to, it, I used to like the Rams when they were when they were in St. Louis. I used to love Steven Jackson. Oh, dude, the, he was a beast of a running back. Yeah, I love Steven beast Jackson. Beast of a running back. Didn't Marshall Falk, Falk play for that team? Oh, mm-hmm. yeah, greatest show yeah. on turf. Yeah. When he threw up on himself and then still ran that play, I was like, Crazy. that is the coolest thing I've ever seen in my Crazy. entire life. Marshall Falk. No, Marshall Falk's from Louisiana. Never mind. I was going to say, oh, he's he, a Texas boy, too. If he came from DeSoto, it would blow my mind. You can't oh, no, add no, more no, people no, to that no, list. No, I'd say our biggest player is, is definitely Von, Von Miller. He I mean, can win another all, one right here. Yeah, I know, man. Only defensive player to win the MVP of a Super Bowl, right? Crazy, hard to beat. <laughs> I, you just named more more NFL studs in your high school than I don't like. I don't even know like participation trophies at mine. It's like amazing. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's crazy. Like I, I remember talking to guys up here, like from when we first got here, even to now. And you talk about high school ball, and I'm like, man, like I promise you, we would beat y'all. 
Like, I promise you. Yeah. Gonna beat you. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, there's no doubt in my mind. Like, I promise we would beat y'all. And I'm like, we only lost, we lost to, so I'm a part of Colin Murray's perfect record, right? In high school. And I lost to him every year in the semifinals. And the crazy part is, and I t- start telling people about his teammates. I'm like, man, it wasn't just like, it wasn't kind of how like, uh, hopefully my Wisconsin folks don't get mad about and me about this, but it wasn't like Wisconsin, like high school ball where like, take Braylon, for example, like you had a guy like Braylon and he was fond a lot. Like, you know what I'm saying? Where Colin Murray, like, yes, he was the face of Allen, but man, they had some great players. Like they had Christian Sam who got drafted by the New England Patriots. They had another backer. I'm forgetting his name. He went on to play at OU. Uh, their offensive lineman, their uh, tackle, Greg Little was actually my tackle in Carolina. Uh, Jalen Guyton, who's a stud wide receiver for the Chargers, was his number one wide receiver. I'm like, man, he played with great players. Like he he has teammates in the NFL too. Like, don't get it confused. Like, yes, he's great, <laughs> but like it was not just him. Like they had great players. But I mean, he was special. He was crazy. He was crazy. He had like the crazy part is like, yes, he like he was fast and quick and like he could make every throw. But the craziest thing to me was just, like, he had that, like, magic. You know, everybody talks about, like, Johnny Menzel magic. Like, Kyle Murray actually had that magic. And it was just like, I don't know how he did this. Like, <laughs> this should have been a dead play. And somehow, man, so many heartbreaks. Every time we lost him, it was a heartbreak. Like, my senior year, we set, like, a record for, like, high school attendance. I want to say it was, like, almost 70,000 people in, like, Cowboy Stadium. And, like, we lost by – this is how we lost. He threw a fade ball to Jalen Guyton, and our corner was in good position. Our safety was running over, and they kind of, like, hit each other in the air and, like, pop the ball up, and Jalen Guyton catches it and falls. And then they hurry up, run up, and sprint to the sideline. They had, like, no timeouts left. Uh, they run, like, one play and then sprint to the sideline and hurry up and run their field goal unit on and kick a field goal as time expires and win by one. And that's how my senior senior career ended. And I'm like, man, like, what is going on? Like, he's not supposed to have that. My junior year, which was my brother's senior year, like, he's about to get sacked and throws up the ball into a corner. Somehow they have a receiver there. It's like 20 minutes, 20 seconds into the play, and he finds him and for a two-point conversion, they beat us by two. And it's like, ah. Like, of course he found this guy. But even before that, the only way they got the ball back, we made a stop. They got the ball back by a horrible punt. Their punter kicked the ball like straight in the air and it hit one of our guys and they recovered it. I'm like, this is like nothing is just <laughs> not even like, oh, like this isn't going our way. Like this isn't even just like normal football. It's not like, oh, somebody beat him <laughs> and like this was a good punt and we muffed it. Like that would be normal football. Like this went directly into the sky and hit one of our like defensive linemen. <laughs> oh, that's brutal. All right. Well, we, we got to wrap it up here. We have taken up so much of your time. We You have been so generous. We cannot thank you enough. We are so excited about, you know, you being back part of the program and, you know, what's going to happen moving forward. So we're definitely going to need to have you back on. I think in the offseason, we're trying to get some some forums together, some positional forums. Oh, yeah. We've already had. So we're going to have to get you. We got we got to bring Zach Bonham with you next time. Oh yeah, we um, definitely gotta get Zach on. And we're, we're gonna have, we gotta get Sitchy too, because I want to hear some Sitchy. trash yeah. talk yeah. stories. We gotta, we gotta, yeah. And TJ, I, I got, and we gotta get TJ oh, yeah. too. Oh, so yeah, yeah we, we'll definitely do that this off season. But Chris, 
best of luck. And until next time, everybody, on Wisconsin. On Wisconsin. Thank you. On Wisconsin. Thanks for listening to the Believe in Badger Football podcast on the Believe Podcast Network, presented by betonline.ag. If you like what you hear, please subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcasts, and follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Believe in Badgers. That's B-L-E-A-V in Badgers. Also, make sure to check out our YouTube page for full videos of our podcasts. The show is produced by Matt Perkins and Matt Bernstein with audio editing and mixing by Matt Perkins. Our theme music is by Matt Blaustein. Thanks again for listening and on Wisconsin. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.